This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio, and I am here today with a brand new author to me, as well as some of you, um, but I'm super excited because uh, she reached out to me to come talk, and I'm, I'm ready to talk about her debut novel and her future work, so we are going to get started. Um, Shale, is a, Shale Rajan is a woman's fiction author sharing stories, which celebrate the role of family, friendship, food, and falling in love. Um, that play into our everyday lives. She now lives in the Bay Area with her husband and three wonderful, nosy, mischievous children who were super sweet to be very quiet this morning when we actually had the original time set two hours earlier, but we changed it so they are all um, uh, at school right now. So we're, we can, mommies can talk. Um, when she is not writing and reading, she loves to volunteer, tackles the occasional DIY project, obsesses over her vegetable garden, and cooks nonstop. And don't be surprised if you hear your stomach growling while reading her books, because she is a serious foodie and often includes vivid descriptions of the food and her characters are eating. If you feel the urge to cook something up, she often shares her recipes on social media. Shale recently published her debut novel, The Summer Breeze, and is currently working on a cozy thriller and the next book in the Summer Breeze series. She's also a proud member of Women's Fiction Writers Association. You can connect with her on Linktree. I also have the... Um, the link up in the show, as well as the link to her website. So welcome to the show today, Shale. How are you, my dear? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. So tell me what um, what made you want to write? Because a lot of people will say, you know, I'm going to write a book someday. But And then a lot of people talk about it. They might write a few notes. But what was that catalyst that made you say, I'm going to do this? I'm going to write this book. So um, my road to writing is kind of a, a very long, drawn-out one. I did exactly what you said for a very long time. I said, oh, you know, one day I want to be a writer. I'm going to write a book. And and then, you know, I, you know, graduate school came up, and then I was working, and mm-hmm. then I got married, and then I started having kids. And so it was always like delay, delay, delay. And then one day about – I want to say 15 years ago, I was sitting at work. I had was on a lunch break and kind of daydreaming and started, you know, just daydreaming about characters and, and fantasizing about becoming an author one day. And I thought, you know what, maybe I'll just start writing down some notes. So I wrote a few yeah. notes on my laptop and eventually it turned into a character and the character had people she needed to meet and places she had to go and food she had to eat and it just slowly developed and anytime I had a break at work or some downtime at home I would keep adding to my notes and then it turned into an actual you know chapters and and then pretty soon I had an entire book and then I had more kids and then that book just sat on my laptop for (laughs) years years and about a year and a half ago, I got it, a year and a half or two years ago, I got it into my head that, you know, I've had this book on my laptop for so long. Let me get it out to an editor. So I found an editor. I had it edited. I got it back. And then it sat on my laptop again for a couple of years <laughs> until last year when, you know, everybody was going through so much difficulty with COVID and, you know, we had our own mm-hmm 
tragedy for our family. And so it was just a really difficult year for us. And around um, early December, I thought I, I need to do something positive, something good for my family and something that'll give everyone a little lightness, um, balance out all the yucky stuff that had been going on. And I thought, you know what, I've got this light, easy read sitting on my laptop, ready to go. I'm just going to go ahead and self-publish. And I worked with my yeah. my teenage daughter to get a cover ready. We got a cover ready. And we put it out there. And it has been the most fantastic, incredible journey since then. I, I have never, never expected that I would learn so much in such a short amount of time about myself, about marketing, about kind of entrepreneurship, about asking people for things. I mean, it's just been an amazing journey. And it can be a really, I mean, obviously it can be a very intimidating journey because, I mean, like you're saying, everybody's got their own path to writing. And, you know, some Mm -hmm. people got graduate degrees and have been writing forever and, you know, were journalists in college or, or came into it later, what have you, but that want, no matter what life threw at you, that, that story is in your brain. It just keeps talking to you. And so you just keep yes. coming back to it, like you're saying. Um, how much regarding rewrites, because this happened over a very long period of time, um, mm-hmm. how much about rewrites were you, you know, as you were getting closer, like you, you've been working on it for a while and you say, okay, now I know we're we're solid, we're good. I mean, I know you've had an editor, but mm-hmm. when you read it, you're like, okay, we're here. Like, this is where this chapter so, should be. I mean, what was so, that? So the, first, so the first kind of year where I was, you know, just playing around and making the notes and writing the whole story, it was 95% done. I mean, it, I, even after it sat for all those years, and I picked it up again, mm-hmm. and I read it, it was still 95% done. I maybe changed a few okay. words here and there, but the structure of it, the character development, all of it was exactly as I wanted it. And, um, uh, you know, when I sent it to the editor, she came back with a minor changes, um, which I okay. went through, and then it was done. Now, if I were to do a re-release, there are some things – in retrospect, that I would tighten up. Um, otherwise, the, the structure of the story, the flow, how I wanted the characters to interact with each other, and all of that was 95% done from the moment that I finished that first year of writing. So where did you come up with your story? I mean, where where did the characters come from? Um, so I am... a daydreamer and also when I can't sleep at night a lot of times just to like not think about all the things that are going on during the day and you know I got to remember to take the kids here and do this and you know my incessant to-do list in my brain what I like to do is just think about something else right and so oftentimes I create characters and I'll just be sitting around and, you know, daydreaming or laying in my bed, getting ready to sleep. And I'll start thinking about a character. And I have already probably six or seven other manuscripts in various stages of completion on my laptop, because I will think Mm -hmm. of an entire story from beginning to end 
now before I even sit down to write. And so yeah. the second book I'm working on right now, it is, it is, I know the entire structure of the story. I know the timeline. I know exactly how the characters interact. I know what the, the climax is. I, you know, I know all of it. And now it's just a matter of, of, you know, taking the time to finish typing up the words, right? Like finding the right yeah. words and like the converse, the dialogue and all of that and just putting that, you know, just typing it all into the keyboard. But for me, like that initial, the structure of the story, how people interact with each other, how the characters develop, all of that it is done just in my head before I even sit down to write. So, but you had, um, professionally, you had, before this profession, you had um, a, a job in finance. And so this is, this is removed. I mean, was, was, Very was removed. the, um, yeah, but I mean, it just works a different part of your brain. I, there was uh, one year we had, I went to a conference in Atlanta, and the same hotel we were staying in for this writer's conference was a Microsoft convention, but they were, they were close. So it was like several hotels. Yeah downtown that we're going to this Microsoft thing. And so we were in the hotel, we were in the um, elevator and, you know, some of us are at the writer's conference and some of us are going, you know, some people were going to the Microsoft and this woman turns around and she looks, she goes, wow, because you know, everyone's wearing lanyards. And um, she says, wow, left and right brain, like right here (laughs) (laughs) in the elevator. (laughs) And everyone was like, oh yeah, hey, how about that? Um, so, but, you know, sh- that shift was that kind of, like you're saying, it's that escape out of the, the chaos of the, mm-hmm. the job that pays the bills type thing. Yeah. So my, my background is actually in accounting and finance and process optimization. I mean, it's, it, I love the work when I'm doing the work, but when I'm not at right. work, I don't, that is not, that is not the part of my brain that rules my life. So during the days, the the job that pays the bills, I really enjoy that kind of, you know, structure and that the, the cleanliness of mathematics and finance and, and process and optimization, which is very different from what I'm like outside of my job, which is, you know, gardening and cooking and crafts and coloring with my kids. And I've built a few pieces of furniture and, you know, I I love to try new recipes and I'm always doing something with my hands. Um, And so, yeah, the the disparity in that is, um, it's, it, it, it actually works really well for me. I don't know how else to put it. Um, You know, I'm a first generation um, or second generation Indian growing up in the United States. My parents brought me here when I was five and there were certain, you know, expectations when I finished high school and went off to college that I would get a degree in something that, you know, I could get a job in. And so I did economics and then I did public accounting. And so then I got a job and I enjoyed the job because I got to meet lots of new people and it was fun and I learned a lot. But always when I left work, that other part of me is kind of what ruled my approach to life, which was to constantly be learning new creative things to do. Right. Yeah, and exercise that brain in different ways for sure. Mm-hmm. So when you came over, what, do you speak a language other than English? 
I do. I speak a, a language called Gujarati. It's an Indian language um, from the northwestern part of India. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize, you know, that there's multiple dialects in India. And then, of course, oh, yeah. when you start pulling in the surrounding countries, you, you mean it's a lot. There's a lot of different things it's going on. It's a lot. Is yes. there a yep. – yeah. Um, my daughter is at college this year, and she was really excited because one of her teachers asked if there were kids in the class who spoke other languages besides English. And I think she was texting me all of the languages, and I think there was like 20 different languages spoken. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, just – and she was just so excited because she just loves languages. And, and it's interesting that, the, but, this, but I say this because, you know, you've come from India when you're very young, even though you've lived in the United States the majority of your life, and you've got this other language, and then you've got that brings your culture and all these different things, but the storytelling mm-hmm. seems to be universal. Like, everybody mm-hmm. wants a really good story. And so yes. who in your family was that great storyteller that kind of, influenced you with with that wow that is you know i was very fortunate a lot of people when they come to the u.s from different countries they come to a new city and they have you know there's no family right like people just move Mm -hmm. here with their Mm -hmm. nuclear family and for me i was incredibly lucky we moved from india to um a place called Rochester, New York, State, New York, back Mm -hmm. in Kodak's heyday. I don't know if you remember the company Kodak, you know, cameras and film. Oh, yeah. My dad got a job in 19... (laughs) Right? (laughs) (laughs) My dad got a job there in 1975. He worked there for almost 40 years. Um, And so, but when I moved there, my mom's older brother, her older sister, her twin sister, all lived within 10 miles of us. And so I had the benefit of always being surrounded by family and then hearing the stories of like their childhood and my grandparents and how they grew up. And, you know, it it was, there was a lot of um, familial history and storytelling just as like part of the normal course of business. Like, right. Like when we were together, that's what we did. We ate food and we talked about family. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I think that and then we, when I was growing up, every other summer we would go to India and we would spend like two months in India. And there, you know, I'm surrounded by all my cousins and aunts and uncles and everybody's got something to, to tell you about some, just even just the regular um, telling of what happened during the day. Like even that to me is so interesting. Like even sometimes mm-hmm. um, someone who reviewed my book said when someone can bring out the extraordinary in like mundane everyday things, it's a nice story to hear, right? Like, yeah, you know, not every story is going to be um, super jazzy or <laughs> whatever, Uh but there's so much to be said just in like about human interactions and like the, the human experience, right? Just meeting people mm-hmm. and falling in love. And I mean, I'm a, I'm a hopeless romantic. So that also um, <laughs> weaves its way in. And I'll have to tell you the story about my husband and I um, sometime, but, um, but yeah, it's, I, I was very fortunate. I mean, I was surrounded by a lot of family and we got to hear stories all the time. Yeah, and you're right. You know, there is a there is a knack um, 
some people are really good orators. Like they are really good at, at telling you these stories and it's hard to capture it in words. Like their presence is part of the story and their mannerisms. Um, my great grandmother was like that. You know, she, I wish we had videotaped her, but um, she was just this amazing storyteller. And I, you know, I don't know as a little kid, I don't know if half the stuff she was telling me was true. I mean, how would I know, right? But, I mean, <laughs> she was so good at convincing me that this donkey had talked to her when she was a child that I was like, oh, my gosh, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's, it's those really beautiful people in your life that have this great way of making you remember those stories. Mm-hmm. And like you're saying, it could be the mundane, the everyday stuff, but it's just the way they tell it. Um, mm-hmm is really just hits us. And so I'm so glad that you've not only have those people, but that storytelling ability you've pushed into your books, because your book, because you've also got the theme of food and family and sitting and talking and, and figuring things out. And, and that's mm-hmm. just kind of universal again. You know, we just come back to this whole, this is what we're all about. You know, we're eating, telling stories and, you know, figuring, figuring life out and the meaning of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and speaking of that, tell me about your book. So a summer breeze came out last December. You're working on book two Mm -hmm. of the series. So Mm -hmm. tell me about the Mm -hmm. story. So the story centers around, um, a woman named Callie. Um, she is living in New York city, which is a place I lived for, um, almost six years when I was single. Um, and she's kind of, you know, caught up in the rat race of New York City, just running from one thing to the next. Uh, she gets involved with um, someone who has very high aspirations of going into politics, but things don't go exactly the way she wants, um, which I think mm-hmm. happens to a lot of people in their early 20s and mid-20s. Um, and oh, for sure. uh, a visit from her sister, um, her younger sister, which I also have a younger sister, um, helps her realize that there are certain things she needs to change in her life. Um, and so she makes some dramatic changes and she ends up leaving New York City um, and trying to figure out what to do with the rest of her life and realizing that there are things um, outside of kind of her career in finance that, that really means something to her that she wants to um, celebrate in herself. Uh, and so she mm-hmm. takes on a, her own business, and um, I will leave it at that because that is kind of the bulk okay. of the rest of the story, what she does with her life and the choices she makes and how she kind of recenters herself. And finds well, know, I love find some your, real happiness. Yeah, and, and you know, women's fiction. For anybody who doesn't know the difference between, say, women's fiction and romance, romance is the requirement is having a happily ever after, happily ever after for now. That means the couple ends up together at the end. There's mm-hmm. no question. There's no wonder. Whereas a women's fiction, it's more on the woman's journey. She may end up with someone. Yes. She may not. But really, her journey is the story. Um, yeah. And so know the difference. So anybody out there listening, it's like, there's your crash course. Know the difference. So mm-hmm. anybody who says mm-hmm. they write romance, but they don't end up together, 
that's not a romance. Just know this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that you've also, you've got these amazing posts on Instagram. I don't know who's doing some of your graphics. Are you doing your graphics? Me? I am doing all my own graphics. I mean, listen, let me just do a big shout out to Canva. I, I, I'm not getting paid by Canva, <laughs> by the way. Just a generic shout out. It is the most easy to use fantastic website i mean i do everything and i have in the past it's worth like the one a year or something yes yes i mean i have learned canva i developed and designed my own website like my website 100 percent of the layout the graphics the colors everything is all me like i never thought i would be able to do something like that and i sat down one day and i was like okay i'm gonna use wix and, you know, create a website, and it took weeks, but I love it. I love my website. It's such yeah. a reflection of me. Um, so Instagram, you know, how to leverage Facebook, Amazon ads, like all these things I have learned, and it's just been incredible, so rewarding. Yeah. So it's it's cool because, I mean, um it's it's that feeling of oh good I get to learn something new, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's so many videos that they have for learning, and some of mm-hmm. them are ten minutes and some of them are an hour. And, and but mm-hmm. but I feel like if, especially if you're a hybrid writer or you're just indie or you're you're just uh, you know publisher, uh, traditional. Um, knowing how to do all this is essential because especially with a traditional, you have this little tiny window that your publisher may be able to, you know, throw a little bit of marketing dollars at you, but, you know, it's your job to keep your book Mm -hmm. in the minds of readers or potential readers. So learning that and 120, if you can, I mean, you can get the free version, but if you can invest in the 120 for the year for Canva, I think Mm -hmm. it's something like that. um, It's worth it. It's so worth it. 100% worth it. Yep. I mean, I've even learned how to use TikTok. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm on that um, hard learning curve right now. So yeah, um, but you have all of these really cool people reading your book. Like they have it up and they're reading it. You don't see their faces, including Grogu. You've got Grogu in here reading your book. I mean, come on, that is the cutest. Listen, we, I mean, I have twin boys who are ten and a husband who's a a crazy Star Wars fan. So of course, like we had to watch the Mandalorian yeah. and we had to have Grogu at, at our twice. house. And so, <laughs> at least twice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I just, um, I, I try to be like creative. Sometimes my kids come up with ideas. They, they pose mm-hmm. my book with, you know, random different things. Um, um, one of the characters from the Avengers series and, you know, some stuffed animal that they have. And so a lot of those posts go up on, on Instagram because I think people will get a kick out of it. So, And why not, you know? I mean, why not? <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Add a, little, add a little lightness to the day for sure. So yes. you've got, um, so you've got the summer breeze. So tell me who are you going to be, who's, story you're going to be telling in the second book of that series? So it continues Callie's story. It continues Callie's okay. story um, because there's still a lot ahead for her. Um, there are going to be some more okay. challenges that she faces um, and there are going to be some ups and downs in her um, romantic life as well. 
So I'm, I'm, the way I have okay. it right now is it's a three-part series. Um, book two is going, there's going to be a lot more challenges thrown at her in book two. And then in book three, um, well, we'll start wrapping up a lot of the, the loose ends in her life. Okay. So we're, we'll see how it all plays. Um, yeah. I think that you bring up a really good point about being in your 20s and trying to figure out life because I was actually at dinner last night with some friends of mine and, you know, Kit, we were talking about our kids and a few of us have kids a little bit older, like into their 20s. And it's this, and, I, and this is not to bash any particular generation at all, um, but it's that feeling of I want to, a lot of the kids coming out of college or what have you are, are want to start where they see the success begins. And it's that whole building into that and those long hours mm-hmm. you have to put in and the, the stupid jobs you have to do. And, and there are, there the, all of us, when we start out, it's like, this is a dumb job. It's like, yeah, it is a dumb job. Um, but it's a job you have to learn how to do to get to the next job so you can get to that job. And it just seems like there's so many that are like, eh, that's okay, I'm not interested. <laughs> I'll just, you know, I'll just um, be a YouTuber or something, which, again, <laughs> those people had to be on for hours to get anybody to yep. look at them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So it's interesting when I see so many people say, I'm going to write a book one day, and then they do it. Mm-hmm. That's different mm-hmm. from, you know. I'm going to write one. What has been the best, well, the best feedback you've gotten so far on your book? I have, I have gotten so much positive feedback on this, but I think the thing that makes me the happiest is when people say that they can connect with the characters and it just mm-hmm. gives them a little place to escape into and just adds a little bit of a, a, a kind of a light summer breeze to their life. I mean, that makes me so happy to think like, oh, someone's laying in bed right now, you know, and they've got the book on their on their nightstand, and they, they're like, oh, it's been a tough day, and pick up the book, and they, they read a few pages, and maybe they go to sleep feeling a little bit lighter. I mean, to me, that's, that just, that makes me so happy. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's weird because we all, you know, we want to get this story out. We write it, and we're so excited. And, of course, when we, we find out it's going to be published, whether it's traditional and it's release day or we've set our release day, there's that feeling of, oh, my gosh, now it's in the universe. Um, I hope that people love it as much as I do. And then it's mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, what if they don't? And then you get the feedback. Then you get, I mean, everyone gets crappy feedback. But, I mean, you get really good <laughs> feedback. And it's like, wow, I, I'm so glad I did that. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's the feedback, like when people share with you. Um, today I've been yeah. invited to my very first book club. Like some people somewhere found my book and enjoyed it and decided, you know, it's like a local book club. And they decided to yeah. invite me to their book club meeting. And to me, that's just like... I mean, I'm so, I feel like a little kid, you know, I'm so excited to like go meet these people, look at them face to face and hear what they have to say about my book. And I'm sure we're only going to talk about the book for like 10 minutes and then it's going to like go into a conversation about just life and kids and husbands and whatever. But, but just the thought that this group of people read my book and enjoyed it and decided to have me join them, it's just such a great feeling. 
you know, and then the other thing that, oh, that really sure. makes me so happy is sometimes, like, you know, I'll check my, my book stats on, on Amazon or whatever, and I'll see um, sure. my Kindle page reads. And I'll be thinking to myself, at some point, every single day, somewhere, there's somebody reading my book. I mean, yeah. Think of that, that. That think about the thought of somebody picking up a book every day, whether it's on Kindle or paperback, and reading the words that you've written. I mean, that is just uh, that's just an amazing feeling. You know, putting it that way, you are absolutely right because it's it is one of those feelings of oh, because I think sometimes, and I'm sure you went through it as well, and. It, there's just like, God, I'm putting so much of my heart in this. Why am I writing this book again? I mean, I love it, um, but it, it, am I just writing it just for myself? And, and you are in a way. Mm-hmm. But to get that feedback, you're just like, ah, and that's why. Yes. It's because yes. I get, you know, happiness, like you're saying. Somebody's picking yep. up your book somewhere, um, and it may be helping them just get through the day because it, Lord yes. knows it's been chaotic. It has been. a while here. Yeah. So tell me about this new cozy mystery you're working on. So, um, okay, well, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that I was not a pro on different genres. Um, <laughs> when I released my book, I was, this is almost dumb luck. I came across the Women's Fiction Writers Association, and I joined their Facebook mm-hmm. group, and I joined their website, and I came across this this whole presentation on genres, and I was like, I thought I was writing romance, but oh my gosh, The Summer Breeze is not romance. The Summer Breeze is 100% squarely women's fiction with just mm-hmm. a little bit of sweet romance in it. And I was like, wow, that's how I need to market this book, like because that's the truth of this book. Then with this cozy thriller or mystery, it's not. It's actually a romantic suspense. Like, I've been doing so much okay. genre research. And this book, when I tell you, every, like, few days, so it's written. It's um, 100% written, but I'm doing my first round of revisions. And every few days, I'll go over to my daughter, and I'll be like, oh, my God, I love this book. Oh, my gosh, I love this story. <laughs> and, and, you know, she's, she's 14. And um, when The Summer Breeze came out, when she knew her mom had written a book, I mean, she was, I I was a whole different level of hero to her. I mean, it was the best thing, right? Because she's like, oh, my gosh, my mom who does everything for us at home and does this, that, and the other thing, wrote a book and she published it, you know? And so, yeah, I wrote that book and she was, so Summer Breeze, she's able to read. And I want to keep this book, like, I'm not a... Uh, I'm not a big fan personally of a lot of like um, gratuitous violence or bad language or um, explicit scenes in a book, but that's just my personal um, sure my personal choice. And but I also want to make sure I'm writing books that my dad can read, and I'm writing books that my daughter can read, that where the story is like the central part of it, and so. This book, even though it's a romantic suspense and people would think, oh, there might be like some really super hot steamy feet. No, it's like one on the spice level. So there is, um, it alludes to steaminess in certain scenes, but mm-hmm. it's not explicit. Um, and the suspense part just builds up and, oh my gosh, it's 
just a fantastic story, and I just need to come up with a title. It hasn't hit me yet, but as soon as I have the title, I think it might be the recipient. I think okay. that might be the right title, but okay. I need to finish my first round of revisions and then just really kind of feel what the right title is. Like the summer breeze, right. I knew well as soon as I wrote a scene yeah. that the words from that scene were going to have to be the title of the book. Like there was no other choice right. for that book. It had to be called the summer breeze. Well, there is a website or there's a thing on Twitter. It's called does it bang and it's at H E A underscore does it bang. And you can actually fill out um, a form. It's free and put in there if there's like explicit sex on the page. And if it's not, you just tell them and then they, they will tweet books out like, and say, by this author, here's the title, and it doesn't or does. And so that way, a lot of, a lot of uh, readers know for sure, you know, when I'm picking this book up, is it what I want, like you're saying. Oh, um, interesting. So that might be something you might that, throw it into, yeah. Yeah, that was one challenging thing for me when I, when I first published um, The Summer Breeze was, you know, originally, right, I thought it was romance, and so... But then I realized mm-hmm. when people hear romance, there's different levels of steaminess, right? That spiciness level that people want. And a lot of people want mm-hmm. five level five high heat spiciness. And so they were disappointed. Like I had someone who um, was reviewing the book for me and they were disappointed. They said the romance didn't come until too late in the book. And that's when I was like, I really need to understand. So any new authors out there, make sure you understand the genre that you're writing in <laughs> because mm-hmm. you want mm-hmm. to appeal to the readers who want to read your, your style of writing, right? You don't, want it, right? you don't want someone to think a book is a certain way and then they open the pages and it's not and they're just disappointed. I mean, that's not fair to them either because they've gone and gotten your book. But to just right. be very explicit well, in what, what your book is. And it's important the cover can also be a big giveaway. Yeah. And But with so many um, drawn covers now, and, you know, not I'm not going to say they're not cartoonish, but you know that's like they're more graphic-y type on the front. Uh-huh. Um, some people mm-hmm. aren't sure, you know, well, it does it, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And so um, this group has said, well, let's just tell everybody if it does or doesn't. Um, and, but you need, yeah, but you need to, um, you know, know, that if you're writing a book, first, does it make sense in the book if they mm-hmm. if the heat level's high? Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I'm sure you've talked about this with your with your writers group. It's you know, don't just throw a scene in there for the sake of filling the pages. I mean, it's got to make sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yep, and sometimes exactly. that, and some people are, yeah. I mean, it's it's not like romance writers just sit around all day and just like I'm just going to write sex scenes all day and and, and because mm-hmm. I'm just going to put them in there it's like but does it work um mm-hmm. and and I yeah it's it's like we all watch romances just to see the journey it's not just for the one kiss or whatever they exactly. do exactly um it's right. for the whole thing you know mm-hmm. um so yeah it's it's um yeah so know your know your product it's just like you're saying and that's kind of mm-hmm. the benefit of what of being with the writers group like when you found women yes um, women fiction writers, I'm sure that they did, I mean, like you're saying, they opened your eyes to a lot of different things in writing. Yep. Yeah, it's incredible. And, just, and, and the, the thing about the woman. writing yeah. community, well, the thing about the writing community yeah. is they are so ge- so generous. 
I mean, everybody, mm-hmm. I have yet to put a question out there that doesn't get like a ton of responses of people just being helpful for no reason other than mm-hmm. to be helpful. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a great feeling too, right? To be part of a community like that. You know, and even, I mean, some people, you know, and, I've, and you've heard it and I've heard it that people will say, well, um, but if you make someone else better, there's your competition. It's like, not really, because everyone has their own writing style. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you might like someone's over someone else's, but who's to say you, you need to put your best, you've got to put your best work out there. So mm-hmm. if I help you, that only raises up our industry. Mm-hmm. So we all look really good. And um, it's not, I mean, a book yeah. is not like a house where you can only buy one, right? Like most people are, but people are buying books. They're buying multiple books. And if you have a really well-written, polished book, you know, and it's a good yeah. product and someone likes that style of writing, they're going to be drawn to it. And so if I can Absolutely. help other authors and other authors help me, I mean, I think it's just win-win across the board. You know, um, when I first started way back in 2004, I was part of a writer's group, and I learned a ton. And then my very first book, I pitched, and it got picked up. And I got – I was so excited, and then I got um, the cover, and it was truly dreadful. Like, <laughs> the the cover alluded to them going after it, like, page two, and they didn't do anything until, like, <laughs> almost the end of the book. And I, I said mm-hmm. – people are going to be angry with me because they are reading and waiting and it's nothing's happening. And I said, this cover doesn't work. And, and to be fair, a lot of publishers won't change covers um, mm-hmm. unless there's a really good reason. So I talked to my writer friends and they're like, well, you know, say this. And I did. And, and it was a brand new publisher. And I said, this isn't working. And they said, well, we know what we're doing. So the cover stays. And I, I remember being devastated because I thought this is not how I want my first book in the world to go out. Mm-hmm. Um, and my friends were like, well, I guess you're going to, I mean, if, if you don't want it that way, you're going to have to pull your book. Mm-hmm. And that was so hard But to be with my friends yeah. and they say, if this is not the publisher that you feel like is listening to your story. And they weren't going to do any edits because they were like, Oh no, it's fine the way it is. I was like, well, I feel like I've done a pretty good job, but I know there's improvement. Um, mm-hmm. And I was done, you know, red flags everywhere, right? So um, I, and then they came to me and said, just pull your book. Just pull it out. Just just go. Um, and it, then it, like three months later, <laughs> the company filed for bankruptcy. So <laughs> it was oh. a mess. Well, then, and then there's I didn't that. Published. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. But I didn't get published that book I sat for five years and I went back and fixed it and did some things. And, um, and then, then the right publisher came along, but having that group of people around you mm-hmm. is so important. So I'm so glad you did because now we have your book and we have going to have more. Yes. So 100%. I'm excited. About I, that I am so excited. All right. <laughs> so what is on your list to write? You know, like we all have that list that, we wish that we, like Dr. Strange, we could like write when we sleep, like he's reading when he's sleeping. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, what is on your list of things that you want to write, what stories you want to write? Uh, you know, I have, so like I said, I have probably six 
manuscripts in various stages of completion. And I think I mm-hmm. need to I need to finish those. Like they they are all really good stories. They they'll you know you open the first couple of pages will draw you in, and then you'll just want to know what happens to the characters until the very end. And so those need to get done. And I really like this genre. I like the kind of a yeah. strong woman. Um, you know, main character, and then the things that happen and the things that, like, I, I'm not, um, I don't want to write, um, you know, a lot of tropes. Like, I, I know there's a lot of advice that you should, like, play up to the tropes of, like, you know, if you want to write chiclet, you have kind of, like, a bumbling female who, like, stumbles into mm-hmm. a lot of, yeah, that's just not, like, I, for me, it's the, the story and the, the, the journey of the main character, and so, I don't know that I will leave that genre of women's fiction. Um, my, even though my romantic suspense is romantic suspense, it's still primarily women's fiction. It's the story of one character and her journey and what happens to her. Um, but I want to finish these books. I mean, if I could get them all done in the next, like, year, like, the, you know, my first mm-hmm. round of writing, because they're all, like, more than half done. Uh, and mm-hmm. then I, you know, I need to work with the editors and the cover designer and this and that. Um, but I would love for my romantic suspense to come out this year, the second book in the summer breeze to come out at the end of this year, and then two more next year. That's kind of my my goal, my writing goal. Okay. Let's see how. Let's see nice. if if <laughs> if the, the the planets align for me to get there. Yeah. Sometimes it's. It's all you can do is hope they do or just hope that the mm-hmm. coffee stays with you long enough to get through that, yes. that paragraph you've been working on for two days. Like, why isn't mm-hmm. it working? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are not doing what you're supposed to. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It, it's, um, yeah, writing is a, is a very interesting field because it's, um, especially with cozy mysteries, because you're, you're sitting around thinking of ways People die. Like, okay, let's see. Yes. How can this person yes. You're Googling yeah. very strange things. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you're just thinking, I know the FBI is going to come knocking on my door one day. And then yes. it's like, oh, she's a writer. We're, we're good. You know, you, know, you almost well, want you to know, wait. It's so you funny. There was like a little tag <laughs> that you could say, FBI, I'm a writer. <laughs> I'm a writer. Well, you know, for me, it's it's so funny because, like, the way my desk and my laptop are set up, I have my back to where my kids come into the room. And so I'm always, like, when mm-hmm. I'm Googling certain things, I'm always, like, make sure I, like, look over my shoulder. <laughs> They're going to walk in and be like, why is mom Googling, like, sedative and, you know, like, all sorts of, like, just random things. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I'm always worried that someone's <laughs> going to come knocking on the door. At least for this book. The rest yeah. of the books are... are <laughs> they're okay, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, when I was... Uh, they're all on the up and up. I went through Ivy... Yeah. Um, I went through Ivy training, and we were in it, and um, a bunch of my classmates were with me uh, that we'd all just graduated. And so I kept saying, there were there's certain medicines you cannot give um, IV, or it's called IV push. So you can't put in a syringe mm-hmm. and push it. You have to dilute it and fluid, et cetera. And so I would say they're like, because it could cause this, and it could cause this heart arrhythmia, and it could cause, you know, sudden death, and all this stuff. And, and um, I, re- I kept saying, is that traceable? And after a while, because I'm writing stuff down, and, and <laughs> the poor woman, after about, you know, third time I've asked, she's like, um, no, but she wasn't asking why I was asking. 
so my my friends were like, she's a writer, and and then it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Will anybody know that I've done this to somebody? <laughs> right, right. And, but then I got hyper aware. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to make sure like I never do any of these things. Just like even just like just making a bad day. It just you just don't. Yeah, yeah. because I don't want anyone to ever think, you know. Um, so yeah. But thank you so much for coming and talking to us, Shell, today. That was so, oh, it's been so, so much nice. fun. I, it has been so much fun, and I, I was a little nervous, uh, but you are just wonderful, and I can't believe how much time has flown by. I could, I could talk to you for another hour. So thank you so much for having me. Yes, thank you. And please come back when your newest stuff is out. Let's talk some more. I definitely will. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. And this has been Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio. We've been talking to Shale Rashawn. She is online. She is all over the place in social media. She's on Amazon, Instagram, Facebook, Goodreads, Twitter, BookBub, all those places. And I will have a link to all of them and the write-up of the show. So, everybody, her book is out, Summer Breeze. It is out now. She's got more coming, so you better get that one in. Um, in your Kindle or on your bookshelves, read it because she's got more stuff coming later this year. And this has been Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio. Keep on reading, everybody. This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. With Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>